Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go. Indie Game Business. Everybody, welcome back. Uh, we have a, a updated version of one of our most popular talks of all time, uh, Epic Mega Grants for Indie Game Devs. Uh, this time with us, we have Christian Allen. He is the evangelist for North America. He's the one who um, will be able to tell you what works and what doesn't work and let your best foot forward. Um, so with that, put your questions. If you've got questions, put them in the chat wherever you are, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Facebook. Uh, we will get to them after the fact. But with that, Christian, the floor is yours. All right. Well, thanks for having me. And hello, everybody out there in the Internet world. I hope you're having a good uh, week this week. Uh, my name is Christian Allen from Epic Games, and I'm going to be talking to you today a little bit about the Epic Mega Grants, specifically talking about it for indie game developers. Uh, so first off, a little bit about myself. Um, like I said, my name is Christian Allen. I'm an evangelist uh, at Epic, uh, focusing on North America. Uh, the global evangelism team at Epic um, does a lot of different things, outreach, education, talking about Unreal Engine, obviously a lot of news about Unreal Engine 5 these days. Um, but one of the things we also focus on is independent game developers. So providing support and contact at uh, Epic Games for folks uh, that are using the Unreal Engine to ship mm -hmm. all the way from solo indie game projects all the way to AAA and AA in some cases. Um, so regardless of where you are in the world, uh, there's either an evangelist or an epic business group uh, that you're available to reach out to. Um, you can reach out to me directly um, if you can't find the evangelist uh, in your region, and I'm happy to direct you to those folks. We've got folks in Europe, uh, South America, obviously North America, um, uh, Asia Pacific, Africa, uh, all over the place. So um, always looking forward to talking to indie game developers using Unreal Engine. Uh, but on to the uh, subject uh, that you're here to today is Epic Mega Grants. Uh, so if you're not aware of Epic, what Epic, Epic Mega Grants are and how they can help you as an independent game developer, um, that's what I'm going to cover today. Um, so first off, what is the Epic Mega Grant program, if you haven't heard of it? Essentially what it is, is a grant program. It is a $100 million fund that Epic Games launched to encourage development uh, in Unreal Engine and for the 3D development community uh, as a whole. Uh, so like I said, it is a $100 million fund. It was established in 2019, so it's been running over two years now. And uh, so far, 1,600 creators around the world have been awarded grants. Um, again, those are anywhere from uh, small single-person teams up to large development groups, uh, like, for example, Blender. <clears throat> Uh, they've been awarded in 89 countries, and the Mega Grants program supports multiple different industries, uh, not just games. Uh, games, uh, film and TV and linear media, uh, educational initiatives, uh, enterprise like uh, architecture, automotive, manufacturing, uh, medical, uh, including research, uh, display and training. And then a special uh, category that we have is open source uh, that, that, again, benefits uh, the entire 3D community. So if you have an open source tool uh, that's going to benefit both Unreal Engine users and users across the 3D community, those are also uh, uh, um, <clears throat> available for Epic Mega Grants. So the program details, and I, I may run through this a little fast. If, if I do, um, we'll, uh, we'll have time for more Q&A at the end. So queue up your questions. I'm sure there's a lot of detailed questions hopefully coming in about your projects. If I do kind of speed through this a little bit uh, quickly, um, I'll hit the high level details first and then kind of get into the nitty gritty. So the program details, um, <clears throat> essentially what, the, what Mega Grants is, is 
cash uh, for developers. At, at its basics, that's what it is. Um, the uh, range of grants uh, that are allowed to be uh, applied for are anywhere from $5,000 US up to $500,000 US. Um, and I say here on the slide that the theoretical maximum is $500,000. That mainly applies to larger, uh, larger projects, that $500,000 uh, cap. Um, most indie games uh, are in the lower amount. And I'll kind of get into those details as I hit uh, when we talk about budgeting and things like that. Um, but they are actual grants. So if you, if you are approved and received an Epic Mag grant, you are written a check. There is no publish. It's not a publishing deal. It's separate from Epic Games Publishing. It's completely separate from things like uh, the Epic Games Store um, and any kind of incentives that they have. This is purely a grant that's given to developers uh, to support their project. Um, those developers retain all intellectual property rights. There's no transfer of IP uh, to Epic or ownership of companies or the, the intellectual property or copyrights or trademarks or anything like that. And in fact, we actually put the power to actually even announce Epic Mega Grants to the, the um, recipients of the grants. So if you haven't announced your game um, uh, or you, you need to keep it on the down, uh, um, you know, unannounced because you're talking to publishers or you're working on your crowdfunding campaign, you can actually still receive an Epic Mega Grant and kind of keep it to yourself if that's what you decide. Um, we do every once in a while do uh, marketing blasts and things like that. Um, including uh, assets of um, games that have re received the grant, uh, which you're going to see in my presentation today. That's, that's some of the images that you're going to see. Um, but those are all opt-in. So if you receive a grant, you're able to opt-in to the, the marketing uh, of the actual uh, campaigns. Um, so uh, for the actual payout, um, for the grants that are under $25,000, those are one-time payouts. Um, so anything under $25,000, we're just going to issue a single check. For the larger grants above $25,000, there may be timed out um, payments. Um, but again, those aren't publishing uh, type deals where you're going through a green light or something to get a second part of a payment. Uh, it's mainly just checking in to make sure that the project is still underway and the, the things are ongoing. Uh, so we're not just giving you know lar very large checks to, to folks in one, one thing. So as far as countries, um, you know, a lot of people uh, assume that only, say, United States uh, game developers are eligible. Um, any country that Epic can legally send money to uh, in the world is eligible. So if there are some legal restrictions against certain countries, um, you can reach out to your local evangelist um, and we can explain that. Um, but if Epic can legally send money to your the country that you're in um, or that your, your entity is in, um, uh, you're eligible from around the world. Um, so as far as what the grants can be used for, they're generally uh, used for team and project expenses. So when I say team, that means staffing, um, staff, contracting, things like that. Um, project expenses, including purchasing assets or contracting to create assets, whether that be art. Um, you know, audio and uh, anything like that, marketing spend for the project, um, hardware or uh, overhead um, are special cases uh, that can be considered, um, but, but those are special cases. So if specifically you're looking for, say, purchasing a bunch of uh, graphics cards or office space rental, things like that. That's what we consider overhead. Uh, those have to have special approval. Most indie game developers just put in a general um, uh, general application, and I'll talk about that a little bit as far as budget, but that is something to keep in mind um, as far as what it's intended to be used for, mainly team and project expenses. Um, they can be awarded to businesses or individuals. Uh, so if you are incorporated as a business, um, the, the grant can be sent to that business, or if, if you're an individual solo or a group of um, uh, solo developers or small LLC uh, or sole proprietorship, that can be transferred to you as well. Um, as with anything here, um, tax laws do apply. Um, that's going to be specific to your state, country, region, economic zone. Uh, you should check with your uh, local um, local laws as far as taxes and things like that. And, and we can attempt if you're awarded a grant to, to help with any tax questions. But generally, we, we have to push you off to you know following the local laws. And one key, key thing to consider for um, mm -hmm. Epic Mega Grants is they're not intended to be full budgets for games um, <clears throat> or for projects in general. 
Um, but specifically for games, um, say if you were working on a um, uh, a mobile game in Unreal Engine and your entire budget would be, you know, $150,000, um, even if that may be in scope of the maximum of $500,000, we generally don't uh, approve grants for full budgets. Um, they're intended to give teams a helping hand. Um, and uh, if there are teams that have larger pro projects that are looking for full project funding, we also do have Epic Publishing uh, um, that's that's available for, for more of a, a publishing type deal. <clears throat> so the process of applying for a grant, um, it's actually very, very, very straightforward, both in, in how easy it is to do and how easy it is to tell you how you have to do it. Um, you have to uh, submit through the web form. So if you Google Epic Mega Grants, um, hopefully the first thing that should be coming up is a link uh, on epicgames.com with um, has a description of uh, the Mega Grants. Um, it has kind of an overview of the program, has an FAQ um, that you can click through. And then at the bottom of that page, it has an actual form uh, that you essentially fill out and submit. Um, that's the same form that everybody uses. Um, and the reason I, I like to bring this up or the reason I bring this up is a lot of people think that they need to talk to like someone like me, like an evangelist or a business development group at Epic Games. Um, you know, they, they sometimes think maybe I need to know someone from Epic. Um, but everybody, regardless mm -hmm. of if you're friends with someone at Epic or if you used to work at Epic or you know an evangelist or don't know evangelist, everybody's going to be pushed to that same form. Uh, to submit and follow the same process. Um, we definitely wanted uh, the MEG grants to be kind of cordoned off. Um, we want it to be accessible and available to um, as many people as we can. And so we wanted to lower the barrier of entry. Uh, so when you submit that form, uh, you will get an email confirmation. Um, do look for that email confirmation if you don't get one with the next couple days. First, obviously, check your spam filters. Um, a lot of times uh, that can, especially if you use Google Mail, that can get classed as spam. Um, but you should get that, I believe, within about 24 hours. You should get an email confirmation that your application has been received. Um, there is a possibility that you may receive a, um, a question list um, within the you know, first couple weeks or month if there's something missing out of your application and the application review team wants to ask additional questions uh, they might send you a form email uh, generally uh, with some of the things that I'm going to talk about a little bit later and to make sure that you um, include like are you using Unreal Engine that's kind of important to us um, uh, but generally you won't get any kind of notification um, once you receive that confirmation, uh, like I said, you might receive a, a, a kind of a questionnaire, um, but you won't receive anything until you either receive your approval or denial or a, a notification, automatic notification that goes out at 90 days. If your application has not been approved or denied by 90 days, you're going to get a, an automated email that says, hey, your application is still in the system. Uh, we haven't been able to finalize the review yet. Just letting you know that it's still in the system. Oh, uh, 90 days is our, our turnaround that we shoot for. Um, as you can imagine, um, when you uh, give away grants to a lot of folks, um, a lot of people apply for those grants. Um, and while we have been getting our backlog down, I believe we're currently under 90 days uh, in the game space. Um, uh, for a while, we had a pretty big backlog and, and, and some projects have gone uh, way over that 90 days, but we, we're working as hard as we can uh, to keep that uh, turnaround time to 90 days. If your project does go over that 90 day window, don't take it really as a negative or a positive. It's most likely caused by um, uh, by backlog in the system. So anytime someone kind of does a big story about mega grants or when I give a talk like this, um, we get a big influx of applications. Um, and then, of course, things like summer break or Christmas break as people go on vacation um, that can add in lag time as well. So don't necessarily take a, a, if you don't receive that um, that approval or denial uh, by that 90 days uh, as, oh, well, I'm obviously not going to get it or I definitely got it. It really doesn't work like that. Um, so like I said, uh, you receive an approval or denial. Um, <clears throat> Uh, if you get a denial, um, that's, that's pretty much the end of that process. 
uh, right there. If you get an approval, uh, the next step is kind of a legal verification of your address and the country that you're based in, bank transfer information, um, uh, non-disclosure agreements, things like that. Um, those get sent over to you. And uh, after that, uh, it just takes a few weeks for the actual payment processing, again, based on what country you're in, your bank account information and things like that. Now, if you do receive a denial or actually if you receive approval, one of the key things to consider is that multiple applications are allowed. So you can apply again for the same project, whether you get approved or denied. Um, what I recommend on that point is if you do get a denial, uh, I recommend that you wait until you've had some progress in your project since the last application before you apply again. I don't recommend just immediately re reapplying with the same exact information. That's probably going to see be seen as spam. And if you got denied on the on the same content, you know, on one cycle, you're probably going to get denied on the exact same content the next cycle. However, if down the line, if you have additional content coming online, the project has gone forward farther, uh, you've got a lot more progress. Um, a new, you know, maybe a crowdfunding campaign or, um, you know, a lot of social media interaction, those kinds of things, you can feel free to reapply in the future. And that's not seen as a negative. We've had multiple projects that applied several times and were denied as the development of the project um, goes through. As I said, this, this has been uh, running for over two years. So you can imagine in development, if someone's six months in versus 18 months in, their project is going to look a lot different. We've had a lot of people that were approved that were actually initially uh, denied. Um, and, uh, and if you're approved uh, for a grant, you can also apply again for a separate part of the project. And I'll talk about that in a little bit later as far as kind of staging uh, different, uh, different uh, stages of your project for the application. And then the last part about the process is that the amounts that are applied can be adjusted. So when you apply for a, a mega grant, it actually asks you if you want to ask for a specific amount. Uh, you're allowed to just say no and just apply in general. In that case, if you were approved, the reviewers would um, assign an amount kind of based on our general um, general guidelines internally for what kind of um, amounts we apply to projects. Um, but if you do ask for a specific amount um, and the approve the the team wants to approve your project for a lower amount, they're allowed to they they can reduce that amount. Or if they think that a higher amount may be applicable, um, they can adjust that up as well. So I wouldn't stress out. I, I know as I talk to indie developers, some people are like, well, I don't know how much to ask. What if I ask for too much? And then they just are going to say no. Um, you know, unless you're just doing kind of a bulk, you know, a lot of people see the $500,000 maximum and they just apply for $500,000 with no information on what the budgeter might be. That might be the case in, uh, for from a viability standpoint, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But generally, say if you applied for a hundred thousand dollar grant and the, the approver wanted to approve the project, but felt that something like twenty five to fifty thousand dollars might be more applicable, they're just going to adjust that amount down and uh, and and let you know that you've been awarded uh, for a lower amount. So you don't have to worry too much about the actual amount that you're putting in, you know, being taken as a as a negative or a positive. Okay, so talking about criteria specifically for games. Looks like my timing is going pretty good. I'm about uh, 20 minutes in. It's always funny, fun giving these types of presentations. I'm used to pre-COVID giving this live, and I can look out at the audience and see if anybody's falling asleep. But now I'm just in my little room talking to my screen. So um, specifically for games, um, I'm not going to talk about all the other verticals. Uh, film, TV, things like that, um, you know, medical, all that, you know, you, you folks are indie game developers and this is the information that you want. So the criteria that we, we look at as Epic or the, the Mega Grants team looks at at Epic um, when looking to approve a, a product are a few different things. Now, first off, I want to be very clear that these, um, these criteria are just kind of the general things that they look at and they are subjective. Um, uh, the reviewers um, subjectively look at, at the projects. Um, we uh, aren't trying to come up with some kind of objective mathematical, you know, theoretical grading algorithm where we put things all together. Um, we, uh, the team, uh, which um, there's both full-time and part-time folks from the game development um, 
uh, groups at Epic that, that, that contribute to these things uh, look at these overall criteria. Uh, the first off is quality. So when I say quality, uh, again, like everything else, that's subjective. Um, but uh, quality uh, based on what kind of project you have. So when we say quality, we don't necessarily mean photorealistic graphics rendered in Unreal Engine for every single game. Um, the example here, we have Nico Ghost Jump uh, from Burjo's Games, who's an Epic Mega Grant recipient. That's obviously a, a different art style and presentation than the game I showed earlier, which was the... Um, I'll pop back, which was the Lost Wild, which was much more photorealistic presentation. Um, sorry, the beginning uh, on this slide is obviously a different uh, stylized presentation um, than uh, Nico Ghost Jump. Um, but when we say quality, we mean, uh, you know, for the type of game, for the appropriate um, uh, type of projects that it's, that it's demonstrating, um, you know, it has quality. Another example, um, that I, that I show later in the, in the deck is, is Backbone, uh, which is actually a, 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 a pixel-based, um, 2D slash 3D, uh, pixel-based, uh, adventure game. And, you know, obviously a pixel-based game is going to have a lower resolution than a more photorealistic game. And that's okay. Um, you know, we adjust our quality expectations uh, based on the genre and the presentation of the game. Um, but we do expect, um, you know, a certain level of, of shipping quality. Um, and that's about how it, you know, showcases the engine, um, uh, things like performance, uh, overall presentation, um, you know, just general quality of the product. We want these uh, these games to be high quality and we want them to be successful and we want them uh, to showcase the Unreal Engine uh, well and we want uh, users to buy lots of copies of the game um, so that down the road, you as an indie game developer can make a whole ton of money and, you know, our business model is royalty-based and that's how we make money as well. So, you know, that's part of our selfish motivation for this is to give you as indie game developers kind of a leg up to increase the quality of your game. Um, next crew criteria is unique appeal. And where that comes in a lot is, again, specific to genre. Um, you know, if we have a whole run of a certain genre of game, um, then we're going to be kind of judging those against each other. Um, you know, a 3D platformer is going to be, you know, judged against other 3D platformers. And if it looks generic or doesn't have a unique selling point or a unique visual or gameplay hook or showcase a unique element of the game, of the uh, Unreal Engine, um, then that's going to be a consideration factor. Um, uh, we do encourage the use of things like marketplace assets um, uh, in um, your your projects. There's there's absolutely no negative about using things like uh, pre-made assets that you purchase off the Unreal Engine marketplace. Um, that's uh, not negative. But if they're used in a generic way um, and doesn't have some other kind of hook or um, unique selling point that we feel that customers and users are, are it's going to appeal to them, then that's going to, you know, knock it down lower on the list. Um, so, you know, I've seen a lot of games that may have been lower quality, but extremely unique, either in gameplay or in, um, uh, artistic visual presentation or in the demographics uh, that they may be looking to serve um, under underserved customer bases, uh, either in just the, the general um, customer user bases of gamers around the world or, you know, for unique users with different, say, accessibility challenges, things like that. Um, all that that kind of rolls into unique appeal. If your game looks like a, you know, kind of generic clone of a thousand other things that's going to make it harder for it to get um, to get approved. So the next criteria is viability. Viability is extremely important. It's one of the key things uh, that we look at um, or the mega grants team looks at. And what viability means is do we think this project's going to ship? Um, you know, a few things come into that. Um, the developers experience, have they shipped other games in the, in the past? Um, you know, how big is their team? Uh, does the, the team and their plan that they present seem like it is going to be a viable product compared to other games that we've seen? Obviously, we get exposed to a lot of indie games and we see a lot of projects kind of from start to finish. So we have a relatively good sense of, wow, these folks have, um, you know, 
the scope of what they're saying they want to do sounds amazing, but there's no way four people are going to be able to do that in 12 months. It's just not going to happen. Um, or, you know, mm -hmm. possibility of, hey, this looks like a really cool project, but this platform that they're shipping on, um, you know, doesn't have a large customer base or, um, you know, we don't think it's going to be financially viable um, that they're going to be able to ship this product and actually generate revenue. You know, maybe the business plan doesn't make sense. Um, so viability as far as, you know, being a, a ship, shippable, um, high quality product that we think is going to be successful in the marketplace. Um, or even, you know, if it's if it's free to play and it just really showcases the engine well, then it, you know, the, the economic viability kind of goes out the door and it's it's more about, you know, it, is it going to be shippable uh, within the time frame that the developer is presenting? So the next thing is benefit to the Unreal Engine and 3D community. Um, this applies mainly more to the open source and plugins and things like that. Um, but if there is a big benefit to the Unreal Engine community, i.e. maybe you're taking exam uh, advantage of um, features that, that haven't been utilized a lot that just came out in Unreal Engine, uh, something that hasn't been uh, utilized uh, enough by indie game developers possibly, um, things like the Epic Online services, various different Epic things. Um, uh, and if you're you know, doing things like sharing that information with the community, creating tutorials, being active uh, on our forums or with Unreal Slackers, um, supporting other game developers, all of those things kind of roll into that benefit to the Unreal Engine and the broader 3D community. We do take that into account. Uh, so for example, if you were making a game uh, that also you were building a say blueprint template that you were going to release on the Unreal Engine marketplace or release as open source or free to other people uh, to be able to help them make their games, that's something that we can take into account when looking at the, uh, the application. Uh, next is Unreal Engine Progress, um, and I use this term Unreal Engine Progress very specifically. We want to see progress on the project, um, and I'll get to that in requirements uh, a little bit ahead. Um, you, if you are built, if you have built a, pro a prototype in another engine and you want to move it over into Unreal Engine, uh, then that is applicable. You, you can apply for a grant for that. Um, but we are going to want to see some movement uh, in Unreal Engine. Hey, we've started. Um, here's a you know initial prototype, an initial vertical slice that we've taken some of our assets and put it into it. Um, if you just have a, a demo built in another engine, um, the first question they're going to ask is, you're going to get one of those questionnaires. It's how much have you done in Unreal? Um, because again, going back to viability, if you are like two months out from shipping and you've got a project that's completely built in another engine and you're asking for a grant to port it over because you're out of funds, that doesn't speak well to viability. Um, and um, uh, when it comes to that prototype in Unreal Engine, the specific progress, again, is is very subjective to what you're doing. Um, you know, if you're doing a, say, a, a narrative, um, a inter interactive narrative novel that is basically a, you know, mainly a dialogue tree over rendered uh, 3D scenes uh, with not a lot of, um, you know, 3D interactivity, um, that just core prototype with a vertical, uh, with a beautiful corner could be plenty. Hey, this is my, you know, dialogue tree system and it's built and it's working in Unreal Engine. And then I've got this scene that's um, uh, representative of a, of a beautiful corner of what the, 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 the end result is going to be, that could be enough in, in, in uh, progress. Conversely, if you have a very heavy gameplay prototype, maybe a, you know, puzzle game that's very intense, unique puzzle aspects that has zero art in it and it's all just placeholder game designer art, and you want to apply for a grant to, you know, contract an artist or purchase uh, marketplace assets to art that out, it's okay that that progress has been mainly gameplay and not visual oriented. So I hope that makes sense. I can cover that more in the Q&A as far as where that progress should be. It's, it's again, very subjective and dependent on what kind of project that you're making. Um, and then you're also going to want to, we're going to want to look at the grant effect on the project. So if your general project needs a $25 million budget and is going to be, you know, shipping on the latest and greatest hardware, um, it, you know, applying for a mega grant, if you're per certainly happy to, if, if you're say Disney and you're watching this and you want to make your next 
big AAA game based on Marvel and you want to apply for an Epic uh, Mega Grant, you can. Uh, however, we are going to look at whether we think that grant is going to affect the project. And if your budget's $25 million for your you know, Marvel project and you need to get a $50,000 grant uh, from Epic, we're probably going to look at that and say, well, this grant really wouldn't affect the, the, the bigger scope of this project. So we're going to deny it based on that. Uh, sorry, Disney, but you still free, feel free to apply. <clears throat> so requirements, I talked a little bit about the prototype. You do need to have a prototype of the game for for games specifically. Um, and if you're in Unreal, that 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 uh, prototype needs to be built in, in Unreal. Um, if you have built a prototype in a previous engine and you're applying to swap over, you need to have at least be able to explain some progress in Unreal Engine. <laughs> You have got to check out our Discord at discord.gg slash business. It's an amazing community of over 3,500 other industry experts. We've got developers, publishers, marketing and PR firms, investors, so, so many, so many. It's safe and supportive place to network and to talk to experts. You can learn more about the business of games or you can share what you know with others. We have exclusive workshops on perfecting your pitch deck finding a publisher, and more. Remember, it's discord.gg slash indie game business. Um, you need to have a budget breakdown if you are applying for over $25,000. If you're applying $25,000 and below, you do not need to have any kind of general uh, budget breakdown. However, it's always good to cover what you're going to be using the budget for. Um, when I see a general budget breakdown, if you're over 25000 just a general breakdown on how you're going to spend the funds. Uh, that, again, comes back to viability. It's totally okay. We understand if you get approved and, you know, you originally said, hey, I'm going to spend this much money on a composer and then, you know, to make music and then you get a composer for cheaper and it doesn't end up costing that. And then you want to use the funds for social media campaigns. You're totally free to do that. We, we ask you to let us know if you're, you know, majorly shifting what you're using the funds for. Uh, but we're not going to come back and say like, hey, you said you were going to spend $12,000 on a composer and, and you know, you spent all this money on something else. That's totally fine. Um, but you do need to have that budget breakdown. And then just a legal address um, for the country that you're in. Uh, make sure that's included right off the bat. Um, you know, we do look at the countries uh, and the regions of where people apply from. Um, you know, we want this to be a global initiative. Uh, so an application, say, that I've, I've seen from like Botswana um, is going to be judged and awarded a little bit differently than something from Los Angeles, just because of things like cost of living. And again, we want to um, to have this be a global initiative that affects game development all around the world. Um, so those are going to be taken into account. But do make sure that you include your your actual legal country address. Uh, if you don't, if you say a different country and then later it turns out, that can just cause tax and, and banking problems and things like that. All right. So I'm right at 1230. I've got about 15 minutes before we pop into Q&A. See how well I time this if I have to rush through the end parts. Let me check ahead. Do we have best practices, things to consider? Yeah. Okay. So general best practices. Um, this is just what I've seen. So I, I talk to a lot of folks before they go in and put uh, mega grant applications. As part of my role as evangelist, um, I talk to game developers, uh, specifically a lot of indie game developers, kind of at all stages of the process. And and almost all of them, uh, uh, with few exceptions, are interested in mega grants. And, and, and oftentimes they'll put in uh, applications and then down the line, if they get approved or disproved, I, I get to see that. And so while I don't have... Um, you know, can't look at every single project and see, you know, why they got approved or why they can't. I, I do see general mm -hmm. themes. Um, so as far as best, best practices, as far as when you submit the application, things that you want to have included in there, um, because you're, you're, you've kind of got three ways um, uh, to submit um, content. One is the, you know, text fields, you can write stuff out. Two is your video. And I'm going to talk a little bit about these when I get to the video part. Um, and three is your actual build. Um, but you want to cover the, the kind of key points about uh, the project and the team. One is just a general overview of your project. You want to give that kind of 30 second pitch of what the game is, what its unique selling points are, um, you know, what you feel makes it unique. Um, 
Uh, I probably should have put that on the slide, but you would be surprised at how many grant applications I've seen um, where, where folks don't bother to like describe the project or have any information about it. Um, and you want to give the reviewer um, that gets that application kind of, you know, just like you would a publisher or a customer, kind of the, the elevator pitch of what the game is. Um, but next is your game dev and Unreal experience. So uh, how much experience does the team have, you know, whether it is on um, shipping other indie games, you know, working together as a team, whether that be um, on school projects, indie projects, things like that. And then specifically what your Unreal Engine experience is, um, if, you know, whatever that may be. Now, don't feel super pressured by that, like, oh, we're going to only give um, grants to, you know, people that have shipped a, a ton of, um, of uh, you know, AAA games or anything like that. But it is a key question that I see pop up, especially you know if you don't have an updated team website, you haven't announced your project, maybe you haven't even announced your company, and everything's kind of you know hidden. Um, that's totally okay. But then you definitely want to put that information on there. If you're already on, say you know Steam and you're doing wish lists and you got forums going and you know, big Twitter group, maybe you can just link to that stuff and say, hey, you know, check out more about the company and the team here. You can feel free to do that. Um, but you want to do have some information about um, the team and experience. And again, that speaks back to viability. So there have been lots of grants for uh, developers that, that they've never shipped a game before, um, but maybe they've done um They've got portfolios and they've got tests that they built in Unreal or they got other prototypes that they've built. That kind of experience can help buoy that. Um, and it's, again, coming back to making sure that this is something that's going to be viable and it's going to ship. We, we want it to be viable and we want it to go out. We don't want to just you to, you know, work on it for a while and then run out of funds and then quit. That, that doesn't help anybody. Um, additional funding sources are always good to cover. Um, that can be a benefit if, say, you're in Canada and you have funding from the Canadian Media Fund or if your country offers grants or, um, or even things like uh, tax uh, cuts and things like that. Um, any other kind of uh, publishing deal that you may have, uh, crowdfunding that you've run in the past that's been successful, pre-sales. Um, additional funding sources, again, speak back to viability um, and can help bol bolster your application. Um, you want to cover a general schedule as far as, um, you know, what, you know, if, if everything goes to plan, this is when we're planning on shipping. This is when we plan to, you know, maybe go to early access. This is when we plan to bring a vertical slice to publishers. Whatever your general schedule is, just kind of include information on that. Um, and then talk about how the grant will help. That kind of talks about a little bit uh, when it's, I think the, the, the forum specifically asks you, you know, what are you going to use the funds for? Um, but we want to know, you know, in general, how that's going to help the team. You know, if it's, hey, we, you know, want to hire, a, you know, we're about to launch and we want to hire a community manager um, or, hey, you know, we don't have anybody with experience of audio assets. So we want to hire a, an audio folio person or we just really want to go out and spend a lot of money on the Unreal Marketplace to flesh out our assets. Just talk about how the, the, the grant will actually help the team uh, and help the project. And then the last thing to cover on key points is you can do staged grant applications. And what I mean by that is kind of what I touched on earlier. Um, say you were making a, um, a game with, uh, you know, uh, both a multiplayer and a single player component, and you wanted to prove out your multiplayer network infrastructure first, you could apply for a grant purely to build that network um, uh, to, to say an alpha for your network multiplayer infrastructure of like a proof of concept. And then if that got approved, you build to that, then you can reapply to, um, you know, say maybe a vertical slice of what a single player campaign uh, could look. But you can also stage that into your grant of like, hey, if I got this amount, this is what I would uh, spend the funds on. If I got $25,000, if I got $50,000, this is what I would spend uh, the, the funds on. If I got 75, this is what I would spend the funds on. Um, just giving the reviewers that information of kind of what your priorities are. Uh, and that can kind of give them a little bit information if they decide that they want to approve the project, that they want to adjust um, uh, the funds that you requested, that gives them information to go by. So they're not just, uh, again, kind of defaulting back to what our general approvals have been uh, in the past. Um, Video content. I high. It is not required, but I highly, 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 highly recommend that you include a video of your game. Um, uh, if you just include a build, the reviewers have to download it. They have to look at it. 
Um, you know, they may pop out and start looking at videos that they find on the internet first, and it's better that you present the video content that you want to have shown. Um, I often recommend to go out and look at good Kickstarter videos that kind of 10 to 12 minutes where they'll have two to three minutes of a really good trailer and then some information about the team, you know, covering these points that I've talked about, introducing yourself. Um, I, I think those are a good thing to have. They're not a requirement, but I do recommend um, you know, kind of a, a good video overview of, of what you're doing here. Um, so I'm going to speed things up because I am running a little slower than I had hoped. Um, I was worried about going too fast. Now I'm uh, going too slow. Uh, build submission. Uh, what I recommended that you do for your build is that you go ahead and put your build in some kind of secure file delivery service, um, whether it be Dropbox, Hightail, uh, something like that and submit the build that way. Um, you can do things like Steam keys. I don't necessarily recommend it. It adds another layer of things that the um, reviewers have to go through uh, where they have to log into our uh, anonymized Steam accounts and then log in and download the build and things like that. Um, if it is um, something that's like, uh, you know, free to access on like, like itch.io, you can just uh, link to uh, those pages. But I do, I do recommend that you go ahead and package up a build um, for PC, um, uh, uh, unless you've got some very specific, you know, if it's, if it's VR or, uh, it's only on say specifically for switch, you can package a build uh, that way as well. Um, additional documentation. If you have additional documents, uh, like budget spreadsheets or story documents or things like that, that it is hard to fit into the text document, uh, the text fields, uh, you can just make a folder in your build directory uh, in that build submission, put those documents in there, and then you can just say, hey, I've got a, a, a folder called documents. And then, you know, this is um, specifically, you've got a lot of like really high resolution content, concept art, something like that. You can throw that into a, a PowerPoint deck, throw it into your documents and say, hey, please take a look at this. Um, and then content updates. If you do submit an application, and you you have a new build or something's changed, you can just reply to that original confirmation email that you get and say, hey, we have a new build. Here's a link to it. Hey, we've got a big update. We hired this new artist and they've done this amazing work. We'd like to update our application with this information. Uh, you can do that. You don't need to wait for an approval or denial uh, before you uh, update that information. All right. So last but not least, things to consider. Last but definitely not least. Um, First off, I this is things to consider for an indie, indie indie game developer. The first off, the thing I really like to focus on is this is a highly competitive program. Um, there are thousands and thousands of applications that go in, so do not feel bad if you do not get approved. That is not saying that your project is bad. It is not saying that the person that looking at that project didn't like that project. Um, it could have been that there was, you know, a dozen other games in that genre that were applied around the same time. I actually see that happen quite often. Um, so, um, uh, or, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons for something to, to get denied. Um, and like I said, you can apply again, you know, when you've got more progress, things like that. Um, and also you should not rely on getting an Epic mega grant, um, uh, as a source of funding. Uh, you should consider it a, a bonus. Um, when you put in, um, don't, you know, don't turn off, uh, turn away publishers because you, you're waiting to find out from Epic. I would, I would go down exploring all those routes of, uh, that I'm going to talk a lot about in a second. Uh, the next to reiterate, just like I, uh, I, I mentioned earlier, they're not intended to be full development budgets. So the smaller your project, the smaller the 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 applic uh, the uh, approved grant is going to be. If you're a solo developer working on a uh, say a narrative based um, content based game, you're going to get a smaller grant than a large team working on a multiplayer RTS um, uh, scaling for the budget of, of of the projects. But they're not intended to be full development budgets. Um, Viability, I already talked about a lot. I just wanted to reiterate, um, think about the viability of a project. How are you going to ship this? How is this going to get built? And how is this going to do get done? And make sure all of that makes sense uh, within this. Um, if it's completely out of scope for, for you know, what the reviewer thinks that, that you're capable of doing, even if you get a grant, then you're probably not going to get approved for a grant. Um, 
content review genre dependent. I already kind of covered that. Like I said, that that content review is very dependent on what kind of game you're making, um, the art style that you're presenting. Uh, this is Backbone on this screen that I mentioned before. Um, you know, again, compared to the dinosaur game from earlier, very different visual presentations. Um, both unique and visually compelling in their own way, both using Unreal Engine in very different ways, both got approved for a grant. So um, both beautiful, um, but very different. Um, so, and then the other thing I just wanted to reiterate um, before the end of the presentation is definitely keep an eye on additional funding sources. Don't try to rely on Epic Mega Rants as your sole uh, development things. One of the great things about Epic Mega Rants is while it does not count as like uh, round, seed round funding, having an Epic Mega Rant can open a lot of doors when it comes to publishers crowdfunding, um, even investors, although technically it doesn't count as like a, a Schedule A investment, um, having that Epic Mega Grant um, badge uh, on your website or on your presentation can open additional doors because a publisher may say, wow, okay, well, Epic gave you a grant to work on this game. Your, your engine uh, uh, developer is behind you. Let's take another look at that. Um, uh, even government and media grants, um, they, they can also uh, be influenced by that. Um, and early access as well. Um, um, those can be um, obviously uh, good um, uh, for your development. So um, I guess uh, hopefully you know all these things, you know about publishers and crowdfunding and investments and government media grants and, and, and early access funding and things like that, pre-sales. Um, if you don't, um, uh, I think I probably have some other presentations in the tap uh, that would be good for you. And I'm sure um, uh, uh, this conference will, will be uh, very good for you as well. So with that, I am right at 12.45. I sped it up a little bit, um, but I am happy to uh, jump right into Q&A. Um, Excellent. Did, did you want to watch that uh, Maker Grants highlight reel? Oh, yeah. We do have time that's about a minute long. So I'd love, um, uh, Dan, if you could play that highlights reel. This is just a um, one thing to keep in mind. This is their launch trailers. So they didn't look like these all when they applied. Mm -hmm. um, but this gives you uh, some ideas, some of the cool projects. So I can hit stop sharing here. And yeah, I, I got it up here. I can right. share it. Every single one of those looks terrible. <laughs> no, I want to play every single one of those. I was like, whoa, there's some stuff I never even heard of. That's, that's, that looked amazing. That stuff was crazy. You're muted though. All right, now I'm unmated. Yes, those look, uh, those look amazing. <laughs> um, I want to play all of those games. There wasn't. I want to try all of those. Whoops, here. Remove. There we go. Stop sharing. All right. So we got questions in the chat, and I'm all good. Right. On the top, we have this is from Mythiary Studios from YouTube. Do you get feedback on why you've been denied? 
Thank you, Mithyari. I should have covered that in my presentation. So to answer your question straight up, no. Um, the reason for that is because the amount of the amount of applications that we give, giving specific feedback to everybody that gets denied um, is just not feasible. Um, so, um, you know, with that, if you do get a denial, again, what I always recommend is continue plowing forward. You know, after you've made progress uh, to your project, feel free to apply again. Mm. Good answer. And that sucks. You can't get feedback because, you know, that's something that people really, really need. Right. Yeah. But it's it's hard when you get I don't know if you get hundreds or thousands of applicants, but I'm, it's got to be tough. Right. They people yeah. are spending half the day writing, you know, the feedback and that that's it is, super it is purely a, a bandwidth issue, unfortunately. All right. Maybe there was some kind of maybe if there was some kind of form that had checklists of like, you know, this and this, this is for feedback. I don't know, maybe something to streamline it, because I think that's super valuable for devs to get feedback on things. Yeah. Right. But, you know, it's like a job, though. Well, you go you fill out thing, you go to your job interview. Nope. You're just not a good fit. Right. Like most places can't tell you, you know, what yep. that is. But, you know, you can always reach out to your, your regional evangelist. You know, we see a lot of games. We, we can't specifically look at the applications and say, like, oh, this is why you were denied. Mm -hmm. But we can say, like, oh, well, based on, you know, just looking at your project in general, this is what I'd improve on for your next application. Mm -hmm. we, we do, however, though, I, I like to be clear, we don't specifically review applications before they get in because then we'd just be doing that all day long. Too. Continue forever yeah. and ever <laughs> and ever. All right, so from Sharky Shark on YouTube, what are the requirements to get apply to apply and get approved? Do you have to use Unreal? Do you have to be ex exclusive to the Epic Store? So I think I covered that in the in the application. Um, you do need to be using Unreal or be switching your project to Unreal. That is specific to games, open source tools, and, and things like that. You don't need to be using Unreal. Um, Epic Game Store is completely separate. So you do not need to be on Epic Game Store. Um, if you want to be on Epic Game Store, that would be great. Um, mm -hmm. You know, only a 12% uh, cut, 88% uh, stays with developers and all your Unreal Engine royalties uh, are waived for copies sold on the Epic Game Store. That's my little sales pitch there. But other than that, no, uh, this is, is uh, it, uh, I, I would say, independent from whether you're on Epic Game Store or not. Well, here's kind of like a follow-up thing from Xavier5 uh, from YouTube. Can Mega Grants sometimes include funding to move a game from one engine to Unreal? Yeah, and uh, I covered that. Um, basically, yes, um, but you, like I mentioned in the presentation, you need to be actively have either at least made exploration into what that means and be able to explain how that's going to benefit your project, um, uh, you know, and um, you know what the process is going to be. I will say one of the one of the red flags that I have seen is projects that are built in another engine and then they run out of money and they're basically their project is dead in the water and then they're applying for a mega grant not because they believe that moving to unreal is going to benefit their project but because they just trying to get funding some way shape or form that's going to come out in the viability right if we look at it you know we're all experienced game developers and if we look at it and go well you know how is that even going to financially work mm -hmm. if you know that you know so um, don't do that yeah don't so, do that uh, for that reason exactly so I also want to remind everybody, if if you want all of the presentations, including Christian's, if you want all the presentations, we're going to email them to you afterwards. You have to sign up. There's a link that's scrolling across that says if you want a copy of all the presentations from the conference, make sure you get a free pass for the Indie Game Business Show at IndieGame.Business. And we'll email them to you right now. Well, not right now, but after this whole thing. So in, in a few days, in a few days, you'll, you'll get an email. All right, let's see here. If you apply and get approved for a particular amount and then reapply and get approved again, is it likely that you'd receive the same amount the second time around? Can you receive more the second time? Um, yes and no. Um, you know, it, that's a very specific question. Yeah, it sounds they, like a specific something is happening. Yeah. The, the second application is kind of going to be judged on its own merits. So it won't be like, oh, you got, you know, say you got approved for $20,000 to um, to help build a vertical slice for crowdfunding. And then you ran a crowdfunding campaign, got a crowdfunding mm -hmm. campaign. And then later down the line, now you're like, well, now I want to port it to Switch. 
And so I'm going to apply for an application to port it to switch. Well, they're going to look at that budget or the, the amount based on what you're currently applying for. Um, not like, oh, well, they only got, you know, $20,000 before. So they're capped at $20,000 now. It, they're relatively independent of each other. Mm. Okay. And that was from Astral Sarah from YouTube. Okay. This here is from Super Nerd X on YouTube. Are games that apply for maker grants generally finished or are they more demo and vertical slice? I would say most of them are, are probably in more of the vertical slice, uh, the earlier stages. Um, uh, we do get some games, uh, like I said, uh, very common uh, to look at applications for ports uh, to different um, platforms. Um, you know, if the game is already out, um, that's generally, if the game is already out, then generally the, the only way an application is going to get approved is for something like a port or a sequel. Um, we're generally not going to get a, a grant for, Hey, I launched my game a year ago and it's mm -hmm. dead and I'd like to do another marketing campaign. Again, that comes back to viability and how it's going to help the project. Um, um, but some games that are closer to launch, like, um, I've seen applications for games that are like, Hey, we, you know, we want to, we're, we're getting very close to launch and we'd, we'd really love to, you know, expand our content out and, you know, bring on some contractors to build out some extra levels or, you know, again, I, I, I say composers a lot, not because just people tend to like, Hey, we, we, you know, could bring on a composer to redo our music or, um, uh, or we'd like to add these additional features. Um, so um, you definitely don't have to be finished. Uh, you don't need to complete your game and then apply. Um, and like I mentioned in the presentation, you know, kind of what what that vertical slice looks like or beta or alpha or whatever, whatever stage you're at um, that gets approved or denied really is dependent on what type of project you have and, and kind of what needs to be done. The, the folks reviewing these working games, so we're able to look beyond like gray box and placeholder and, and different things and kind of understand for the type of game that you're applying, kind of what stage are you at? Mm -hmm. That's, that makes sense. Okay. We've got time for a couple more. Uh, we have, is there a difference? Um, this is from Sebvez V on YouTube. Is there a difference in acceptance rate between free to play projects and standard single purchase games, or is this a non factor? I would say it's relatively a non-factor, um, but it depends on what you mean by free-to-play. Are we talking about free-to-play? Are we talking about freemium? Are we talking about free-to-play with content? Are we talking about free-to-play but play-to-win? Um, in general, again, it, it comes back to the, the viability of the project. If your goal is to make a, um, a, a completely free-to-play giveaway project, that's okay. Um, however, we're going to look very hard then on how does that showcase the engine, right? Mm -hmm. Because there isn't going to be, you know, hey, we look at this and go, well, it doesn't, you know, really showcase the engine well, but we really think this is going to make a lot of money. Um, then, you know, that's one motivator. Or we think this is going to make zero money because that's what they've stated they're going to do. But we think it really showcases the engine or they're doing something really unique or um, you know, the idea that two people are building this all in blueprints is a really good message that we want to help support to the community, or it's coming from an area of, of the world that doesn't traditionally have a lot of game development. So we want to support it. Mm -hmm. All those kind of elements come in. Um, again, it, it comes back to the viability of what you're trying to do. Um, so I have seen free projects, especially in, 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 in media and entertainment in the non-game space, there's been tons of just we're making a movie and we're giving it away for free. And it's like, cool, you go for it. Um, so many factors, so many yes. factors going to it. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say, you know, we don't look at it and say like, oh, that's free. Like we're not going to support it. Um, mm -hmm. So. All right. One last question. This is from Rodrigo. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Arajo. How are taxes and transfer fees handled for approved grants outside the U.S.? Yeah, that's a tough one. It's it's going to be based on your country. So the, the key thing is, is that you are, as a developer, responsible for any taxes and transfer fees associated with receiving a grant. So you need to check with your local accountants. I know every country is different. Um, we work with all sorts of different countries. And as long as 
we as a U.S.-based entity are legally allowed to send you money, i.e. your country is not under sanction to us. We, we, we can and will send you money, but do take that into account when you're thinking about your budgets. Um, if there's you know a high tax rate, you can go ahead and put that information. Hey, I'm based in this country and we have a very high tax rate on stuff like this. So please take that into account when, um, when awarding the grant amount. Um, mm -hmm. but, but you will be responsible for, for taxes and fees on things like that. We can't, we can't cover that. Yeah. You are responsible. Well, that is awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Christian, man. We've got one more, one more. This is going to be a great one. This is with, uh, Crystal Chiarano from Skyreach Studios, leveraging TikTok, TikTok, uh, to promote your indie game. And as we heard from Chris Zakowski from howtomakeagame.com or howtomarketyourgame.com, TikTok seems to be pretty important right now. So thank you so much, Christian, once again, for coming on and talking about Epic Games. You realize this is the 10th indie game conference? The 10th one. Nice. That's crazy. All right. That's thank you so way. much. And, and um, yeah, it's perfect timing. Yeah, I'm going to pop over into Discord. So if you have any other questions, you can jump into the Discord and ask me there. I'll be there for about the next 45 minutes. And Yeah, uh, jump on over there. Also, if you want his presentation or any of the presentations, you'll get them all. Like I said, so you got to sign up at indiegame.business. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.